0: This is the Revival Leadership Podcast. All right, friends, welcome back to the podcast where today we are talking about prayer. My Bring name it. is Adam. And this is Greg. Here I am. And quick recap uh, this season so far, we've talked about why revival is still a thing that's important, especially in 2021, uh, and it's even and especially after the chaos and disruption of 2020. True. We've also talked about why we need to get ready for revival, especially if we're called to lead in a time of revival. And we've talked about prayer, specifically starting to build altars of prayer and worship, clearing out the spaces in our lives and our calendars to seek God with other people. Um, and this is, in many ways, the vital precursor in every revival. So today, we're going to talk about how to pray, specifically how to lead prayer meetings where we help folks to seek God and to intercede for revival.
1: Yeah, and you know, why, are Adam, why are we talking about how to lead a prayer meeting?
0: Well, to be honest, we've all been in prayer meetings that are, to say, to put it nicely, lame, boring, at <laughs> <and> times excruciating. <laughs> Uh, And that is the last thing that we are trying to encourage.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And so rather than encourage folks to go to boring prayer meetings, we felt like it'd be helpful to spend some time thinking about how to lead prayer meetings that are not boring.
0: So this is going to be more of a practical equipping type podcast. So if you were kind of just uh, totally in the last couple episodes being like, that's great, but what do I do? This one is for you. Um, And let's just say that there are probably a million different ways to lead a great prayer meeting or prayer altar. Um, in our language. But I think our hope is to share some really practical tips that we've learned to help folks steward spaces of prayer and seeking God for revival.
1: Yeah, that sounds good to me.
0: So since we're talking about prayer, let's start with it. Greg, do you want to pray?
1: Yeah. Lord, uh, thank you for this time. Thank you for this conversation about prayer. And Lord, even as we're getting kind of practical and doing practical training, We just ask that you would stir our hearts, God, that you would meet us and that you would speak to us, speak through the Holy Spirit. I pray for empowerment for folks that are hungry to pray. Um, I pray that they would feel equipped by this podcast and that they would have a sense of the next step you're calling them to. And God, we pray that you would deepen our prayer lives, that you would um, increase the heat of the prayer in our communities and create culture of prayer um, in our churches and in our, um, in our fellowships or whatever spiritual communities we're part of. So, Lord, light us on fire, and uh, we pray for this time. Amen. Amen.
0: So here we go. Ten tips for building an altar of prayer and worship. Ten tips. Write this down, unless you're driving. <laughs> Don't write it down then. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one, culture is key. So building an altar of prayer is primarily about creating a culture of prayer and seeking God. It's the prayer culture that is the altar, really. It's the community of hot coals gathering together and the flame that burns between them. That's the prayer culture, and that's what you're trying to grow together. Yes. And culture change starts in you, the leader. It was Gandhi who said, you must be the change you want to see in the world. So in addition to gathering people to pray, it's worth asking how can you develop the kind of prayer culture in your own life that you can share with others. Someone else said you can't give away what you don't have which is obvious so where do we go to get to go where do we go to grow in our own culture of prayer
1: yeah and I mean the way the disciples learned to pray but was by watching somebody else pray by watching Jesus pray Mm. and they saw they witnessed they were like exposed to Jesus's prayer life day after day and it made them want to grow and they that's why they said Lord teach us to pray But, you know, one of the things that illustrates about prayer is that prayer, it can be taught, but it's not so much taught as it's caught. Mm. So a question to ask could be, who
0: can you pray with? Who can teach you to pray? Who are the people who know how to pray in your networks? Who inspire you when they pray? Who fires you up? A lot of people in our community have learned by watching you, Greg, or praying with you.
1: I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> Do you remember those no. those uh anti-drug commercials?
0: Oh uh, no. <laughs> I remember mean, not those ones. No. Who taught you
1: about this? I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's for me, it's the people I watch pray. It's like my mother, my my mother in law, my father in law, Lennon Halley Callan, Doctor ABC, who was a guest on the podcast and up in season three, go back and listen. Connie Anderson Ryan Pfeiffer, Molly Wainu at our church is like a prayer warrior. Shout out to her. Um, the more time we spend praying with folks like this, the more of their prayer life starts to rub off on us. And, and then through us, you know, their prayer life starts to rub off on others. And so I'm sure that all these, you know, saints that I just mentioned learn to pray by contact with someone else's prayer culture. But you can't underestimate the importance of praying with folks like that, spending time with them in prayer. That's one way that our own internal prayer culture can grow. And then obviously, of course, our prayer life grows by being with the Lord, by just praying, by logging hours with Him. Um, And it's very hard to lead prayer in any kind of exciting or interesting way when we're not praying on our own.
0: Mm. So an altar of prayer is about culture. And I yeah. guess because an altar of prayer is about prayer culture, you probably don't want to start with a prayer altar with everyone at your church or everyone in your university or college ministry chapter. You want to look for the people who want to pray and don't worry about the size of the group. I tell my, uh, the staff I work with all the time, like you're looking for the, the spark, the yes. one, the one you can't light a log with a match. You need to light some Tinder with a spark. Exactly. Um, so a prayer meeting with two hot coals is much better than a prayer meeting with
1: 10 wet logs. Yeah, <laughs> or wet blankets. Yeah, even do Yeah, don't, don't focus on the size of the group. Culture change never happens by that way. I mean, and we could talk about the, later on, I think in season eight or episode eight, we'll talk about the diffusion of innovation theory. But um, that's never how culture change happens by trying to get everyone to do it and you you start with the folks that are hungry and by the way god doesn't care how big the group is mm. all he needs is one person he uses one person but as you create a prayer culture when a new person comes in the group um if if there's a hot fire of prayer burning they end up getting lit they're discipled by the prayer culture and that's what's happened in our in our churches prayer altar even on zoom we have a crew of folks who come every week and then as we get a couple new folks who show up and eventually come back and keep coming back they start growing in prayer and nobody even teaches them how to do it they just absorb it Mm -hmm. by being part of the culture
0: Mm. all right second principle come under authority what does that mean
1: yeah well i I wrote this because I really, you know, it's kind of a lesson learned uh, the hard way, but (laughs) Uh (laughs) I won't go into all those stories, but intercessory prayer is most effective when it comes under some kind of spiritual authority, some kind of like ecclesiastical authority. Meaning? (laughs) You know, it's hard. In the spiritual realm, there are lines of spiritual authority, you know, uh, churches, bishops, uh in our organization we have like area directors regional directors and as you know you might think well what does that have to do with the the spiritual realms as my friend Connie Anderson who's the um, she's the director of intercessory prayer in in intervarsity she says well we operate on grace and the gospel operates on grace but the demonic realm operates on law and legal principles hmm. And so they observe that stuff. They notice legal, like, is is this group that's praying under any kind of authority or not? Because if they're not, we can just kind of go take them out, you know? And so recognizing the lines of spiritual authority, basically what we don't want or what's not ideal are these like roving bands of intercessors doing spiritual warfare unconnected to any kind of church or parachurch movement or oversight,
0: Yeah. So, not under some kind of care or oversight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, first of all, like stuff can just get wacky. You know, people are weird. And especially when you start praying and listening to the spirit or you begin doing spiritual warfare, stuff gets weird. Mm. And you can actually expose yourself uh, to spiritual, you know, uh, the spiritual powers and principalities. When you go rogue, there's less of a covering for Mm -hmm. you.
0: Okay, yeah. So find someone in <laughs> spiritual authority who can provide spiritual covering for the group, and who you can report to and be accountable to. And you know, it's probably good you can start with your church. And if you don't go to a church, you, that I'd say
1: first step is get involved in a church. Yeah, get involved <laughs> in the church. like. Don't the, start a prayer altar. The, the the source of most hair, like most heresy, can be avoided by just not doing things alone. Yeah. And so. Just trust us on this one, please. You shouldn't have to look too far to find someone <laughs> yeah. to cover you. So with our prayer, prayer altar, I mean, I was kind of leading this, but eventually stuff started to get, you know, kind of intense, and we f- we became aware of some, um, you know, spiritual warfare that we needed to do. And I felt like I need to shore up our lines of authority. I need to clarify with the Tuesday night group that this is actually a ministry of our church. And and I I said. Um, we're going to report to the pastors and elders. And as God um, started leading us into these larger prayer assignments, we felt like, Whoa, this is some big stuff. And we, we, at one point we actually mm. ran, met with the pastors and elders to say, Hey, is it okay? Can we get your blessing to do this? Cause part of it is if the, if the ish hit the fan, we didn't want to be like hanging out, you know, uh, in, in the breeze, we would like to be under, a covering of, of spiritual authority. Mm. Yeah. Prophetic
0: authority and apostolic authority and pastoral authority all work best in concert with each other, not when they are uh, crossing purposes. Right. All right. Moving on. Tip number three, have a leader. It's so different than person uh, authority structure, but have a leader. So praying communities need a leader. Yes. The leader, in addition to set setting the tone of the time, in the spiritual atmosphere of the group and modeling prayer, he keeps or she keeps the vision clear, both of the group and the prayer time.
1: Yeah, right. So every week I I remind us what we're doing. Uh, hey, we're here and this group is about seeking God for revival in our lives and the church and the church network because uh, we're part of a church network and our city. And I bring some kind of theme or focus to the evening, or in, in Connie Anderson's word, a prayer burden.
0: Hmm. Like tonight, we're going to pray for God to help our church have a breakthrough in worship and intimacy with Jesus. Yeah, that was like last week. That's yeah. what we prayed for. Oh, I didn't know if you guys were praying again tonight.
1: Um, not on Friday night, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just Tuesday. Just, okay. <laughs> Although, if I really wanted to create a mega altar to the Lord, that would be to consecrate Friday nights. Would be. That'd be a real that'd sacrifice. Be, that'd be sick. We had prayer pizza night. Mm, um, prayer and pizza. Yeah, or like a while back we prayed, hey, we want to pray for people being healed of addiction. Um, mm. And it's the leader's job to discern that focus and to bring the focus. And of course, the Spirit can always redirect, but prayer is best when there's a focus. And, you know, we don't want to chain the Holy Spirit to our lack of preparation. Mm. And of course, we bring that focus to the time, but we then, it's really important. Look, Lord, here's this topic we want to pray about. We feel moved to pray about it, but now we're ceding control of the time to you, Holy Spirit. And I say that out loud. I'm like, Jesus, this time is yours. Lead us however you want. Uh, We bring this to you and we lay down control and, um, and you lead us to pray in the way you want. And then I also, at the beginning, by the way, pray for spiritual protection on the group. So, you know, like hide us from the enemy or we pray, you know, protect us as we do this because, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're going into battle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so to speak. Sorry if you don't like that, but it's biblical. Mm.
0: <laughs> All right, tip number four. If a new group, if it's a new group, set some ground rules. So especially if it's a new group, if it's the same people every week, you probably don't need to say it every time. but. Right. Especially as new folks join, g- going over what's expected, how to engage is vital. It helps them feel welcomed, comfortable, and certainly decreases any awkwardness.
1: Yeah, I keep being surprised how intimidated new folks can feel in these prayer gatherings. Like, I'm just like, this is just me and my friends, and we're just praying, and anyone can come. But to m- new folks, we're the crazy prayer people. <laughs> like, I never thought I'd be one of those people. You know, I always kind of was like, mm-hmm. oh, they're out there. But I guess I'm now that. That's so yeah. so it's important to keep on ramping and interpreting what are mm-hmm. we doing for new folks.
0: Yeah. So what what do you say when there are new folks on the call, like to give the ground rules?
1: Yeah, it's basic. And mostly you just have to remember to do it. But it's like, welcome. Hey, this is the Tuesday night altar prayer. Here's the vision. We're seeking God for revival. Revival is God's job. You know, all the things we just said Mm -hmm. in the last episode, he sends the fire, we build the altar. Um, And then I say stuff like, hey, listen, don't worry about what other people think about your prayers. This is not like a prayer comparison night. The focus is on God. So fix our eyes on Jesus. There's freedom to be yourself, freedom to be vulnerable with God. I I share, too, like Mm -hmm. generally what happens in the prayer room stays in the prayer room. Mm -hmm. So, um and then when we gathered in person, I would give people freedom or permission to sit or stand or kneel, lie prostrate, whatever kind of physical posture would help them. And I would talk about the time frame, like, hey, we're going to pray for 60 minutes or 90 minutes, whatever. Or sometimes, like in the earlier years, we're going to pray till we're done, <laughs> but you're free to just leave the house anytime. Yeah. So, and I would say stuff like, hey, there's freedom to sing or hum or pray in a prayer language. Um, and then I would kind of tell them, like, what the flow would be. So, hey, we'll, we'll probably start with worship, and then we'll listen to God, and then we'll pray. Mm-hmm. And don't be surprised, we'll probably shift back and forth between praying and, like, checking in with each other as we pray.
0: Yeah, that's super helpful, because there's been, you know, so many prayer spaces where it's just like, okay, what are we, now what, <laughs> who's going to end it, or are we keep, you know, oh, we're, we're going to keep going, okay, you know. <laughs> so, I could I can see how no instructions would make people feel tentative, or they just don't know how to engage, right? Yeah, so out. Like, kind of what check do I out. do?
1: Is it okay for me to talk? Like, yeah, but
0: instructions like that are very like, oh, I know exactly how I can engage at this space. Yeah, so,
1: and they understand what's happening yeah, and why. Yeah. So.
0: All right, tip number five. Start with worship, thanksgiving, and praise. So we want to start uh, by focusing on God. That's how Jesus teaches us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We don't start with our needs or our requests, but rather with God, His character. And somehow, it just makes the prayer meeting
1: work. Yeah, it does. It makes it work way better. Like, they go way faster when you start with prayer, <laughs> with with praise, you know? Mm-hmm. I would just say never skimp on the worship. And sometimes in the early days of the altar, we pretty much just worship the whole mm-hmm. time, you know? And um, I'd say we sort of stopped doing worship during COVID and Zoom, but we're actually uh rediscovering the importance of it and now that we kind of have this community we've all felt the need for worship mm. and so like last time i just you know everyone muted their screen and i got my guitar and i set the settings right you turn original sound <laughs> on mm-hmm. and then you go into your audio settings and you turn background noise to lo- or it tells you i forget yep. i think it's low and um and it was actually really powerful, and it, folks really entered in. And yeah,
0: music's super helpful for, for creating atmosphere. It creates freedom, makes it less uncomfortable to not talk or to be silent, especially if there's like, the there's tons of like instrumental soaking worship um, albums out there that you can put on for like or on YouTube they have them too for like yes. it's like 14 hours of yeah. instrumental soaking William,
1: worship. William Augusto, yeah. I love that guy. There's a
0: lot of Bethel stuff that's just instrumental, great music. So.
1: Yeah, and it does. It just, like, it uh, just greases the wheels somehow. And, but I would say, <clears throat> you know, if you're using canned music again, just give a word of interpretation while you're doing it. Like, I like to blame my ADD, like, because it <laughs> really does help me focus on God, and mm-hmm. it rem- it takes us into a worshipful space. There's even a word in the Psalms, like, there's seven words for for praise in the Psalms, and one of them really refers to, like, setting the mood. So it's, mm. it's in the Bible. I forget which, what the Hebrew term is, but yeah, we found it's helpful. And you know, if you're playing an instrument, like I've heard the the phrase an anointed chord progression, don't be afraid. You can just kind of play that, especially if you're together in person and, um, and folk can pray over that chord progression. Or sometimes if the group has a sense of freedom, people can create um new songs or refrains, and we've written a lot of songs that way mm-hmm. over a, an anointed chord progression. All right, Greg, what's your favorite chord progression? <laughs> oh yeah, get out that guitar bro. I think um the holiest one is um, even as you're playing, I feel way more <laughs> way, oh yes. yes, Lord. um four one five six that's my favorite. yeah. <laughs> all the angels cry holy is the lord or I'll stand <laughs> I'll stand four one five minor six folks. no we're just joking there's no holiest chord progression um <laughs> except for that one <laughs> you know those
0: videos where there' people will like a thousand a thousand musicians playing uh foo fighters to get the Foo fighters to yeah. come to Italy or something yes. like that's yeah. that's the key. We just need all churches to just play four, at, one, five, over, six at the same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, we, just kidding. we were playing that chord progression though, I do remember in one of the earliest times of the of the altar and we felt like we had like just a visitation from <laughs> Like we had, like literally had to cover our faces. It just was like such a holy time. And then I've gone back and like tried to play it over and it's, it's never quite, it's not the same. It's not. Can't
0: get back into Narnia the same way. (laughs) All right. So don't skimp on the worship, linger in worship, linger, um, prayer flows much more easily after much worship Mm. and worship's prayer anyway. Yeah. So, all right. Tip six, invite the group to confess and repent. So this can be out loud or silent, but we want to create opportunity for folks to enter the throne room. But sometimes we can be distracted if we're coming in with dirty feet, as it were. Sometimes folks need to do business with God. We need to confess our sin and receive grace, mercy, and forgiveness before we start leaning into praying for others or praying for revival.
1: Yeah, and it honestly, is just a way to care for the folks that are doing the praying. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're coming in from a tough day, or they're coming in, or you know maybe they have things in their life and they and god needs to meet them you know and mm-hmm. so we don't want to be like hey just go pray for other people without kind of you know mm-hmm. let connecting with god and you know i've also heard the phrase you know don't bring bombs on the plane and mm-hmm. i've definitely had some prayer times where we brought some bombs on the plane and it's worth saying Um, you know, don't do it. But this doesn't have to be a huge onerous thing, but it's important to make space for folks to connect with God. And confession is a joyful thing. It's an unburdening and a releasing of what's holding us back from intimacy Mm. with Jesus. Yeah.
0: All right. Tip seven, listen to the spirit.
1: Right. And so like, as we move into intercession, we want to ask the Holy Spirit, How the Spirit wants us to pray, what like what not just like what's our idea of how we should pray, but what's God's plan? What's God's plan for, for battle? So we say like, Lord, we want to pray about this thing, but how do you want us to pray? Teach Mm. us to pray right now, Jesus.
0: Mm. It's interesting that both Jesus and the Spirit are described in Scripture as interceding for us. Right, Jesus at the right hand of the Father, and the Spirit from within us with groans we can't interpret. So in many ways, when we intercede, we are we're wanting to join in the intercession of Jesus and the spirit that's already happening
1: exactly like Jesus Ho- Holy Spirit how are you praying right now? Help mm. us to join that the prayer that's already happening mm. in the Trinity
0: and then you wait and it's probably worth waiting a little longer than you are comfortable with
1: right and during that time well we're we're listening to God we're listening for how God speaks oftentimes scripture or in our imagination, we're looking for pictures from God or images or ideas, or some people feel things in their bodies or just have a sense of certainty about something. And, you know, if you want to read an interesting book on this, there's a book called by Mark Verkler called Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice. That was really helpful mm-hmm. uh, to Don't go deep. Don't be freaked out by the cover. <clears throat> the cover is pretty. It is incredibly freaky and uh mm-hmm. Kind of bad, lame. Sorry, yeah, bad, Dr. bad Mark, Christian if art. Doctor Mark, your stuff is awesome. Uh, your cover. Time for a new graphic uh, designer. <laughs> but then <laughs> we're so we're <laughs> so snooty <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> but you're such a good graphic designer that you know you can be snooty. I I couldn't design a better cover myself. <laughs> but that, anyway, and then we listen to God, and then some people go around the room and share. But lately, I've just been having people just start. Praying into what the Spirit is showing them because it kind of just, you know, keeps us from getting into a long discussion. And eventually, we kind of listen to everyone's prayers and we figure out, you know, how the Spirit is leading us. Mm.
0: And sometimes it's not the Spirit; it's that breakfast burrito they had, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, sometimes we hear things and they're not from God, but I do think it sorts itself out as the whole group starts praying. Mm. You know, as the boat starts moving, you can steer it and. So I encourage people to take a risk, to pray into what they heard from God, and it's kind of like spaghetti. You throw it at the wall, and if it sticks, it's cooked. And if not, Mm. put it back in the pot. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could just taste it. Or just just (laughs) eat it. So
0: as folks begin to pray, um, as the leader, you're listening for alignment. Right. Not everything, like you said, that everybody says needs to be the focus for the night. Um, You are looking for, though, how God is prompting the prayer group to agree in prayer. Right. So if like half the room has one particular image or if the things that people are saying go together, then as the leader, you should probably focus on that. You drill down there.
1: Yeah. And you can even like, while people are praying, you can just talk to them like, Oh yeah, keep going. Keep praying about that theme. Mm -hmm. Like, or let's focus on that thing. Or I think there's more there. Can some more folks pray into that? Or you just kind of be directive. Like Mm -hmm. who has a scripture that applies to this topic? Uh, Or let's read that scripture or let's pray God's truth into that. Or like, you know, does anyone feel like they can repent for that thing on behalf of the church?
0: Wow. Yeah. So you're sort of praying, but you're also kind of directing the traffic. Yes. And and it's okay to pause and take a break and listen again and go back to worship and just... You know, you don't have to keep chugging along. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. like sometimes you get stuck or you have a sense like, I don't know if we're on the right track. It's Mm -hmm. always okay to push pause or call an audible or check in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can break the fourth wall in prayer. Just because you started a prayer meeting doesn't need it. It needs to go for an hour and then tell somebody officially ends it. Amen. You can pause in the middle and be like, hey, guys, what are we sensing? Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Great. All right, tip eight, pray until breakthrough. Basically, you focus on the thing God is calling you to focus on until the time's up or until the group is done.
1: Right, and often that you know breakthrough—it's hard to define it—but folks that pray a lot, they they know it. Mm. They can tell when they've hit breakthrough, when you know they've struck oil, as it were. (laughs) Like there's a sense that you've pushed through the prayer task. Maybe like the praying was heavy or burdensome, and then all of a sudden it feels light or. Mm. There's a sense of joy or there's a sense of release or a sense that we're done. And then as a leader at that point, you kind of discern that and you say, you know what? I think we're done. And and a lot of times, sometimes it's just a long pause and Mm -hmm. look around the room and it's not a bad pause. It's like, all right, I think we're done. Mm -hmm. And then you celebrate that. You say, thank you, Jesus. And then you seal it, you know, seal Mm -hmm. it up. Like, Lord, protect the work you've done. Holy Spirit, protect it. Because something's moved in the heavenly realms at that point and Mm -hmm. eventually it's going to work itself out uh in the natural realms and then you know when you're done you again pray protection over everyone you know Mm -hmm. you can do it however you want a lot lot of ways to skin a cat but talk about the blood (laughs) pray the blood of jesus pray a cutting loose prayer lord cut us loose from anything that we kind of tangled with mm-hmm. wash us in the blood of jesus put the armor of god on us protect us mm-hmm. protect our families you know just kind of bless them with that protection mm.
0: great all right tip 9 we're almost there debrief so uh, here in university we love to say debrief or it didn't happen <laughs> right but basically when you pray it's an encounter with god and he's always teaching us things when we pray so it's important to Take a moment to debrief that experience with the group so that folks can learn and capture the learning for themselves.
1: Yeah, if we debrief, uh, just my experience has been people tend to capture the learning. Mm -hmm. But if we don't debrief, we don't. It's like the seeds that fall on the path. It doesn't seek in. Mm -hmm.
0: So some questions to ask would be, what did we notice about our prayer time or how God led us to pray tonight? What did God teach us about tonight? Or what are we learning? What are we praying about, about God, about ourselves? What do we want to do next?
1: That's good. Yep.
0: And then finally, tip 10.
1: The last tip.
0: This is it right here. Yep. Keep a record.
1: Keep a record. Yeah, write it down, you know, because one dull pencil is better than, you know, 10 sharp brains or memories. And Mm. I just need to admit that we're terrible at this. Uh, but, you know, we've been convicted recently. We just need to keep a record of our prayer times. And so we're, you know, starting up a Google Doc.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and also with record keeping, I think it's important that confidentiality is still kept. What yeah. happens in the prayer room stays in the prayer room, uh, which can often be a very intimate and vulnerable space. Yeah.
1: And so exactly. Like in general, you just want to keep it in the prayer room. And I think it's, a, it's okay to share, um, more vaguely or generally about what happens, but we don't always share all the details. Sometimes like a, an intercessor was just really going for it with the Lord and we were all participating, um, You know, or maybe somebody felt like they they, there was something they were repenting about. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we don't share that stuff. But, you know, we could say, wow, you know, God was leading us to pray for freedom from addiction. Mm -hmm. Or God was really helping us to pray about our worship lives. And Mm -hmm. we do share. It's okay to share um, up the chain of command, like with the leadership of the church. I share appropriately. Um, with the pastors if it feels like there's something that came up. But I always guard kind of the, the, the details that, mm-hmm. are, uh, that, that aren't need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, often the stuff that we share shapes some of the things that happen in church. It shapes the mm-hmm. sermon series or thematic stuff mm-hmm. based on the intel from the prayer altars. Mm-hmm.
0: So, in review, here come the 10 tips once more. Yeah. Number one, prayer is about culture. Number two, be under authority. Number three, have a leader. Number four, set the ground rules, especially if there are new people. Number five, start with worship. Number six, confess and repent. Number seven, listen to the spirit for how to pray. Number eight, look for alignment and pray until breakthrough. Number nine, debrief and finally keep a record in the appropriate confidentiality.
1: Yeah. So there you have it, uh, the 10 tips. And again, there's probably many ways um, to build an altar prayer, but these have been really uh, helpful for us. And so if I could just, maybe I could just pray to mm-hmm. close us. Lord, thank you for this conversation. And we just want to bless uh, everyone that you're calling to pray. Lord, equip them, give them the courage just to go for it. Lord, I mean, we learned all these things by just doing it. And so um, there is no right way to pray, but I pray that these tips would be helpful for folks. And But more than that, I just ask, God, that you would gather together communities of people that are praying and seeking you for a Bible, Lord. Even right now, uh, as folks are listening, uh, put a burden in, in their hearts to pray with friends and help us to think of who we might invite to join us to build an altar of prayer and worship. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Our next episode is going to be about praying and engaging with a great, a great hindrance to revival, our disunity. So the Reverend uh, Len Cowan from Abbey of the Way in Worcester will be joining us for that episode. Um, And as always, if you enjoyed this or found it helpful, please follow us on Instagram, share the podcast with a friend. Feel free to drop us an email at revivalleadershippodcast at gmail.com. See you next time.